back in the middle of the week here for our prayer time and our short time in the Word of Bible study. Um, you know, in our Sunday morning service, we've been looking at uh, Matthew, and we come across the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, actually all three of those chapters together. And here you find, I think, one of the most famous sermons of the world. Chapters, I uh, know from a child I've heard um, this message and have memorized, uh, glorify your father in heaven. That's a very familiar uh, verse in chapter 5. There's several in chapter 6, starting with the Lord's Prayer, one that we have often memorized. Our Father, we are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we, have all, we, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, another part of that chapter that we have um, memorized and heard a lot. Um, verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in, in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Very common verse. And then uh, verse 33 of chapter 6. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Talking about not being anxious in our thoughts. So um, these are verses that we have heard before, and this, this is part of Jesus' message in the sermon. And uh, they have a, they, as God's word does, it, it, it is meant for all of time and all of eternity. And uh, those truths still speak to us today. So praise God for that. Um, I want to um, look at Matthew chapter 6. We've talked about verse 25. Uh, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He's saying, don't be anxious even about the things that you absolutely need. Instead, ask God and rely on God for them. And he gives us the, the principle or the example of reliance on God. And the thing is, I just want to repeat this again today because it's so important. How do we show our reliance on God? Um, he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He gives us the example of the birds. He says they don't have a storage system where they hoard or gather away several days' allowance or several months' allowance. You know, each one of us has at least a refrigerator at home maybe a freezer and maybe a large freezer where we can have enough food. We go shopping. Uh, most of us go shopping for more than one day. And we try to keep uh, enough food for about a week. 
and then we refill that. In other words, we plan ahead and we store for what's coming up. The birds, on the other hand, don't do that. It's not that it's wrong to do that, but he's using them as an example. They, even though they don't do that, they get fed every day. God takes care of them. So you don't have to go shopping like we go shopping and, and, and worry and make sure the refrigerator is full. But what do they do? He says, your heavenly father feeds them. You look at the birds, and we've talked about this before. How do they do? They come each day for the daily need that they have, and they find that God supplies it, but they have to search for it, and they have to gather it. And God uses their, that means to feed them. So we're to rely on God daily, and he told us this in the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Um, we're to daily rely on God. In what ways are you relying on God today? We come together for prayer today. How do you show a reliance on God? Oftentimes, if we think about it, we ask for requests so we don't have to rely on God much. God, give me this much so I won't have to keep asking you for more. That's not how he works, though. He wants us to rely on him regularly. He wants us to realize that we absolutely need him and cannot live without his regular daily sustenance, uh, him taking care of us on a regular daily basis. Now let's go to the opposite end of that. It is, it is, he teaches us the birds for a purpose. We, some people think reliance on God is standing on the corner with a sign saying, I need help, please give. Right? I need help. Please give. When I see that kind of person, um, I usually direct them to places like Milwaukee Rescue Mission where I know that they can get if they absolutely need. Some people think it's callous to direct them there. I don't think it's callous at all. Um, I do not give to people asking me. On, I do not regularly give. Once in a while, God will lead somebody to me that he'll would direct me to, to do that. Um, but I direct them to God's provision. How does God provide for them? He provides by them actually doing some work. For them taking on the responsibility that God gave them to feed themselves. That's why he shows us the birds. Birds can beg you for different food and, and come out and, and, and get it and you throw the bread out. You notice if you ever throw bread out for birds, they're going to come and get it. They're going to come and get it. Um, but they have learned how to search that for themselves and to provide the way, the means that God has for them. God has a means for us to, to feed ourselves as well. A couple means. Let me just speak about it. Um, one is to, to, to work hard. The other is to be generous with those who have genuine needs. The Old Testament shows that example of how we can help others who have a genuine need. So we can do that. Um, so those are, are the two ways that God wants us to. In other words, he wants us to work together. Now, what people often do is they don't want to ask their family. They don't want to depend on their family. They don't want to go to their family because... Their family has some expectations of them, and they don't want to fulfill those expectations. For example, you got a house, 
I'm going to help provide that for you. It's some things I expect of you. But people don't want that expectation. They want to just do whatever they want to do and still have their hand out, give to me, give to me, give to me. They don't want those ties, responsibilities, and expectations. Um, God tells us to be generous with those who have a need, but it's also within the tie that we have. He wants them to be tied to us. He wants us to be connected with them, not just giving them and then they run away and do whatever they want and then come back again next time they need. There's a responsibility that they have when they, when they get. And so those are the things that God has placed and he wants us to, to work in that order. And, and so we see that example um, with the birds. God has placed it out for them they go out and they search, they work diligently, they gather, they bring back to their nest for their young, and God, they, have, they find that they have everything that God has. So, going back to this passage, he says, Isn't life more than food and more than just clothing? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? In other words, um, there's more to it than just our daily needs that we have, our physical needs that we have. God wants us dependent on him and showing that dependency in everything that we need. When you pray tonight, remind yourself that everything you need comes from God. And God graciously gives and offers that to you. And he wants you to be accountable to him for what with no strings attached. God says, no, there is a string attached. I made you. I am your creator. And I'm designed for you to live a certain way. Follow my path. Follow me. And I will give you what you need. He wants us to, to come to him and say, Father, I am connected with you. I need what you, what you, uh, what I need, you can give. And I come to you for my needs. Um, later on in chapter 7, we'll get into this on our Sunday message. He says, no good parent, when their son or daughter is hungry and asks for food, is going to give them something unsafe to eat. No good parent is going to do that. Won't God also give us the good things that we need, the things that are appropriate and that we need? Won't he not give us those things? The fact is, he does. And I found in my experience, God gave us over and abundant of what we absolutely need. I could not stand here and lie and say, God has only given me what I need. No, he's been gracious to me. He's given me over uh, uh, what I could ever uh, ask for and m definitely over uh, above whatever I need. And so God is a good and gracious God. He wants to be gracious to his children. And what he offers me is something that I don't deserve. And that's eternity, a life with him in heaven. Something I do not deserve. He's better. It's, the Bible describes it this way. It's above anything I could ever imagine. That's what God has to offer for me. What a wonderful Heavenly Father that has given me this. Won't he also give me those basic things that I need? 
already promised me heaven, willing to give me the day-to-day things that I need. He's gracious that he will give to his children absolutely what they need and over and above. Good evening, saints. We've been meditating through the book of Hebrews, starting to come towards the end. Last week, we had to stop in the middle of chapter 11. And so to get into the flow of it, I'll read a couple verses from the beginning, and then we'll continue where we left off at verse 23. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time will fail to me, fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with a sword. They were went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, and in dens in the caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sins which so cling, which cling so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. By faith, what is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now you can kind of see the connection between verse 1 and 2 and the end of the chapter. They kind of go together. It lets you know that it's all one section. Faith is the assurance. It is the confidence of the things that God has promised. It's the conviction of things not seen. It is the held beliefs of things that God has told us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
because the one who pleases God must believe that God is there and that he is somewhere that can be drawn near to. If you don't know where God is, you're not going to be able to please him. Now, by faith, Moses is given as an example. Moses was born in Pharaoh's household. You know, the movie Prince of Egypt. And much of it, yeah, I know it's fictionalized and it doesn't really follow a lot of what's going on in Hebrews here, but it's important for us to try to imagine what it was like to live like Moses. That he could have been a member of the nobility, but he turned his back on that because he didn't want to turn his back on the people of God. And that in itself shows us that faith is making a choice. You have to choose. That's why oftentimes with our children, we watch our children. That's why when somebody say they believe, we watch them. What are we watching? We're watching to see what choice they will make. Are you going to choose the world or are you going to choose Jesus Christ? You can't choose both. That's why many people don't want to believe. I can't tell, me, tell you how many guys I don't talk to and they really believe what I'm saying. And then they come to me and they say something to the effect of, but there's too many ladies out here too much this, it's too much that. And what they're saying is, I can't turn down the pleasures of the world, even if I don't have them, just the mere possibility of having them. I can't turn that down and serve the Lord. I have to serve myself first. Some people serve themselves. And one of the things that we learn is this in Scripture. A life lived for yourself is not a life worth living at all. How many people are going to get to their dying day and they're going to say, Man, I wish I would have ate one more bag of chips or watched one more TV show, played another video game. I wish I would have yelled at that guy that made me really mad when I had that chance. I wish, I wish. Is that what people wish on their deathbed or do they wish, I wish I had one more moment with my child. I wish my wife was here so I could tell her that I love her. I wish I could have finished or kept the promises that I had made. And what are the promises made? They're made to other people. Even if you want to live an ungodly life, you should strive to live an unselfish life because that's the only way your life is going to have any kind of meaning. But what we learn is, is that when we live our life for Christ, we have meaning past our lives. We can have an impact. That's why, you know, just over the past weekend, we went to a godly person's funeral. When you go to a godly person's funeral, what you start to realize is this. Their life is still having an impact even though it's gone. Because they trusted in the Lord. But if you don't trust in the Lord, all people have is memories of you. And for sometimes, they got things you done done them wrong. They have resentment that they have to get over because of you. we got to ask ourselves, how are we going to live? The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And you can walk by sight. 
But walking by sight is also a very fearful way to walk. Because it is trusting that you can see everything that's going to come. There's a lot of people in the news yesterday that didn't see what was coming for them. And they're not here today. You walk by sight, you got to be perfect. You better be right if you walk by sight. You better be able to have 360 view if you walk by sight. You better have better than 2020 vision if you walk by sight. You better be a genius. You better be perfectly handsome, perfectly beautiful. You better know your purpose in life from age one. If you don't get no reset, there's no do-overs. You see, when you walk by faith, you get to talk to your invisible God and you say to him, Lord, I don't know the way, but you do. Guide me. Lord, I'm giving up my pleasures. I'm giving up my ways. Teach me to follow your ways. God will add to you many things. One thing I've noticed is I have more pleasures in my life than all these people in the world that chase pleasures. But that's not why I live the life that I live, but you know what? That's the outcome of it. They out there chasing this, chasing that, doing this, doing that. They got babies they can't take care of. Relationships they can't mend. People done left them. Families messed up. That's what living for you does. It messes up things. What does God's way do? God's way is love. What does love do? It brings people together. When good people die, they bring people together. That's what a funeral is meant to be. It's meant to bring people together so they remember that person's life. We pray that when you die, people will be brought together and they say, you know what? This person lived for this. And I'm going to conduct myself accordingly while I'm in the presence of this person's body. That's what I pray for when I am my funeral. I pray they be like, this dude was preaching his whole life. He was fake. And he told the truth. That's what I want him to say. And I want, you know, whoever is preaching to do a good job too got a lot of expectations. Point is, is that I want them to be faithful. I want them to say something good, and then I want people there to be like, you know what? We should live for the Lord like this dude lived for the Lord. He lived his whole life like that. I want to have a funeral like my Grandpa Kenneth. I want to have a funeral like my Grandpa Hope. My Aunt Shirley. Mrs. Bond. I want to have a funeral when they say, hey, this person did this, this, and this, and this. You know, I was thinking about Miss Bonnie. How old was she when she started Truth Seekers? 70 years old, starting a new ministry. What business do we have to say that we can't do what the Lord called us to do and can't do something new? Lots of people in here, maybe not in here, but lots of people in the world talking about they don't know what to do. Do something. God works on us as we move. He directs us as he moves. He don't direct people that just stand and still. Do what God told you to do first. There's a lot of people, I talked to a brother the other day, oh, it's hard to do this and this and that. Now, I knew he was going to fail when he said it like that. He 
because he was already giving excuses. He basically was putting a pillow for himself to fall so it was softer when he landed. But he was just telling me how hard it was going to be for him to do this and do that and everything. And I said, we serve a guy who does miracles. I really don't care how hard it is. Obey the Lord. Talk to a brother. We was witnessing. Apparently he had come to this church. He remembered me. I didn't remember him. Me and Chantel and Naomi was talking to him. He had every reason in the world why he should have been drunk at that moment. Every reason. Hear him tell it, it was the wisest decision in the world. He was wiser than Solomon. But to me, he looked like an absolute fool. Because he had decided to pursue his pleasures and not the way of God. And we prayed for him. We prayed for him. Here's the thing, when he wakes up from his foolishness, I pray that he come back here. Because he knows he's going to hear the truth here. Because we walk by faith. If I was walking by sight, I would have tried to say something that pleased him. But I don't walk by sight. At least, I try not to. And you gotta walk by faith. Guess what walking by faith is? Walking by faith is saying the truth, even though the person, you might lose a person. Walking by faith is saying the truth, and it might offend somebody. Walking by faith is giving the gospel, and a person may not receive it. But is it what God wants you to say? And if the answer to that is yes, say it. Even if the amen is just the invisible nudging of the Holy Spirit from within, saying, well done, that should be good enough. And so, the writer of Hebrews says, let us set aside the sin that so easily clings to us, and let's run with endurance the race set before us, and let's look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Look to Jesus. Too often we talk about looking to Jesus, but it's very practical. Do what he said to you. Amen? simple. Do what he said. It's no harder than that. Do you have any prayer requests this evening to bring before the church? <clears throat> yes, Ms. Kenner. Donna, uh, Mickey had some blood work done. She might have to have a stint put in just for some of the results, so be praying for her. Is she feeling okay tonight, or is she out because of that? Okay. Brother Andy. Brother Lawrence's foot, yep. Yep. Yeah, his foot. Thought so. Brother Charles again. You're in one piece, right? I'm gonna just ask if you pray for. I have a new coworker 
just started last week and I was talking to him today. Um, he has a, I think he said his girlfriend, maybe fiance. Uh, she's been battling cancer for five years and uh, she's still fighting it. Yeah, still fighting it. They're going through um, a bunch of aggressive treatments right now and he said the cancer is uh, kind of taking over right now. So um, just be praying for him. His name is Joe, Joseph. Um, I don't remember. I didn't catch her name, but uh, just pray for an opportunity to get to witness to him and uh, that God might do something miraculous in his life to to uh, draw him to himself. He's got a little boy too, I think a little kid. So just pray for him, please, Joseph. All right. Otherwise, we will close in prayer. You can break up to your groups and uh, we'll close it out.